Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show podcast. Tonight, we're live for episode 105 with two legends, not one, but two. We have the Destiny 1 Alpha veteran himself, the living, breathing legend on the show and on the eve of the birthday of our favorite place to game, Destiny, the only place to game. And we welcome Mr. Destiny Alpha Vet himself. He is the clan member of Clan Redeem, three times movie of the week winner, awesome content creator over on Twitch. We're going to send out those links in just a moment. He's inspiring guardians by the millions. And we're so, so excited to welcome destiny one alphabet on the show we couldn't think of a better guest welcome my friend how are you i think he's shy <laughs> i think he's shy uh hello hello yes you guys how hear me today how are you my friend how are you yes uh for some reason uh i think i'm getting a uh, stream attacked uh, I'm i'm getting stream sniped for some reason this is uh not not a good look not a good look Oh, man. Uh, but I am back yeah, we now. We lost I'm back you there now. for a minute. Oh no, no, trust me. I, you guys have not lost me. I don't lose. But lost you in the dark corners of time. That would have, that would have sucked. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies for that. But I am back. Uh, I assume you asked me uh, how I am, and I'm doing incredible. Uh, you know, we are on the eve of the eighth anniversary of the last video game and the greatest video game ever created. Destiny one. Um, like I said before, you know, this industry uh lost its way after 2014 because nobody knew how to compete. So it's wild that Destiny One was the last video game ever created. Um and I've been playing this for eight years and I'm setting the record straight right now. I'm not a warlock main. Uh just just putting it out there. Uh these are some slanderish rumors uh, spreading about me. And I could not think of a better place to dispel these rumors than the Destiny Show. The only podcast to ever exist, by the way. So, I think it's an honor. It's truly an honor to have you here with us tonight. We are blessed by your presence. It's not every day we get to meet a D one alpha vet like yourself so grateful for you and we're gonna put you on the hot seat we're not gonna let you off easy tonight in the in the hunter seat you mean right 
because I'm a hunter main. Yes. Yes, sir. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about the whole hunter main thing. Are you really a a warlock or or maybe maybe a hunter? We're gonna talk about that. We're gonna dive in. All right, that's that's definitely a topic I'm interested in because uh, uh yeah, not a warlock main. All right, go ahead. Now, I also want to welcome another guardian you might be hearing from a distant past. Not too oh, long. Oh no. Ago. Is this are you talking about Richard? <laughs> I I wish I wish his name was Richard. His name is Shadow Price. Oh, oh thank God. I thought you were inviting <laughs> one of my enemies or something. You know, listen, I tried getting Richard on the show. Couldn't do it. Of course. He is uh he is very uh, he, he's probably up to no good, like shutting the servers down so that he would prevent me from getting my six-time gilded dredging title. I'd tell you, this man is really jealous of me. And so, honestly, I would say that uh, you saved your guys. You, you guys are, you know, saved from that guy, so. Yeah, you don't have to worry about most that. Richards are dicks, you know, from what I've known. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Shadow Price knows. So Shadow Price is here tonight, and welcome Shadow Price. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Like I'm happy to be here, happy to be on the show again. Uh, it's been a good week. Uh, definitely happy to be playing Destiny. Can't you know? In yeah, eight year anniversary. Can't believe it's been eight years since the last video game ever made took place. Yeah. And how about so. that King's Fall raid? Huh? Huh? Yeah. Am I yeah. right? enjoying we're it talk about the, that we're gonna talk i haven't gotten my clear yet though because i've been really busy with work and stuff you know i got a new job and so i'm trying to you know plan the time to, to get that done and, you know also uh, you know adult at the same time do oh, adulting just, just quit your job <laughs> if only it was that easy <laughs> Try uh, to it is easy to do it and he wouldn't do it he, he walk said in your no. office he quit the podcast for like 10 months yeah, we're gonna talk about that maybe a different night. Yeah, we don't have time for that. But tonight, all that matters is I'm here, you're here, D1 Alphabet's here, and we're gonna put Let's go. we're gonna put our friend Mr. D1 Alphabet on the hot seat tonight for our discussion with the Guardians. We have a lot of questions, Guardians. You all are curious. You all have a lot of things you want to know. We have a lot to talk about. I much prefer to stay in my award-winning gaming chair if that's okay. But uh, I, but I definitely, <laughs> I don't doubt that uh, your seat is hot. But mine's got stickers on them that says it's got, uh, you know, approval from several agencies. <laughs> We're gonna be very mindful of that. So, vet, let's kick things off by asking you, what was your first Twitter post? Uh, was it about Destiny? My first Twitter post, I pruned everything from 2013 on to 2019. But if you go back far enough, it, my first ever tweet that you could find is me telling Luke Smith that I am blocking him. Uh, I did announce at the time that I was going to be blocking uh, Lucas Smith. Uh, he and I were having a little bit of a kerfuffle. I was disagreeing with his vision and, uh, you know... I felt like there was only one way to get his attention. That's by personally adding him on Twitter.com and letting him know that he is getting blocked. And I felt really mean about that. I felt like uh, 
man, I, I really felt like um, it was a, going too far. You know, I really went for the jugular there. And so I unblocked him about three minutes later. And, uh, you know, I was waiting for him to respond. He never did. But I know that it must have hurt his feelings. Uh, but if we go back far enough, if I hadn't pruned everything, my first ever tweet. Man, it's like, what was your first ever thought? You know, think about that. Do you, does anyone else, does anyone remember their first thoughts? It's, uh, it's definitely it's, a difficult one. But I know that one of my first tweets, without a shadow of a doubt, if I were to go back far enough, I already know that it was the best tweet ever made, the greatest about Destiny. I probably already had gotten like maybe 20,000 likes on my first tweet about Destiny. So, but it was definitely about Destiny. Probably and most likely about the trailer that came out in 2013, E3. If you guys remember that, mm -hmm. then you remember the hype that was seeing Bungie come out with a video game for the first time that it wasn't Halo. And that was a time that really made you excited to see what the hell they're going to be working on because Destiny at the time in 2013 to 2014, it was such a, it was such a mystery revolving around it because we already knew it was going to be great. We already knew that it was in good hands. It was interesting. It was a new IP that everybody and their grandmothers knew was going to be worth picking up. So the anticipation waiting. And I remember getting that email of uh, getting invited to the D1 Alpha by Luke Smith himself. No doubt. It says, you know, don't send, don't reply because it's, you know, it's not going to be responded to because it's spam mail. But I'm sure it was Luke Smith himself that sent it to me personally. There's no other person that I could imagine sending those emails out like that. Um, and so I was really excited to uh, get into that D1 Alpha on the, on the PS4 at the time. And obviously I lost a lot of my friends because they were very jealous uh, of me. And um, even back then I was a very good looking person. So I'm sure that they were very, very jealous of that too. So they were just looking for an excuse to unfriend me. That's really interesting. And now, were you a big Halo fan before you discovered Twitter? Yeah, so uh, when uh, 343 Industries created Halo in uh, 2015, um, you know, it was, uh, it was a very interesting video game. Um, I know that Bungie gave 343 a lot of ideas back in the early 2000s, you know. Uh, and I did play a lot of Halo. Um, Halo was one of my favorite franchises because believe it or not, back in 2008, 2007, around there, one of my favorite pastimes was, uh, playing the co-op campaign, um, with myself on a second controller, of course, because I wanted to feel challenged, um, you know. I, I mean, I did have friends, you know, I, I could have invited a friend over, you know, so it was not a big deal, 
you know. But, uh, you know, I played alone, yeah, you know. Like I said, I could have invited a friend if I wanted to. Uh, but co-op campaign was the greatest thing for me. Um, going all the way back to, to, to Combat Evolved, uh, back when I was in uh, a young eSport athlete um, in middle school, I would play Combat Evolved on the PC. Um, we would host these LAN parties uh, during these computer classes, and it was probably the most fun that you'll never get to have again because that just isn't my, isn't really a thing anymore. You can't really, you know, you can't really go back to middle school and have LAN parties because you're going to get arrested. You know, you're a grown adult going to middle school. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, that's, you can't do that anymore. Um, so you had to be there. Um, but I really enjoyed those times. So knowing all the fun and good times that Bungie gave me and uh, 343 Industries, you know, back in the uh, early 1800s, um, it was, I feel everything culminated up to that point in 2014 uh, before I, you know, waved goodbye to my family to play uh, video games full time. That's such an inspiring story, Vet. You know, it's so great to hear about your origins and how it all got started. Now, do you have a favorite Halo game? You can only uh, play one. It would be Halo 3. If I would, uh, if I would pick one, it would be Halo 3 because that was the campaign. And, and I love the campaigns on the other ones, but Halo 3 was, for me, the most memorable because I had more memories. I had more, more memories created from the, uh, I guess, the, uh, the co-op campaign, Forge mode, the multiplayer, the pretty much everything. Um, so it was, it was definitely the video game that I would go back to if I could. You know, it's interesting to say that for me, it was Halo Reach. That was my first Halo. Shadow Price, what about you? I have fond memories of both, actually, you know, Halo Reach and Halo 3. It's tough to choose between the two because I played a lot of, I played each a lot. I played a lot of the multiplayer in both of them. And Halo 3 was the one I really dived into the multiplayer on with um, some friends. And we were, you know, called the dictator tops. That That's where Stalin Shortcake came from. And, you know, I was letting Moraine pie. And then we had Mussolini muffin it, it, and Popop brownie. Um, so as much as I love Reach, I, I have to agree with that. I would say Halo 3, too, as well. And I love Reach, but Halo 3 just was a game changer for me. Yeah, I haven't played Halo 3 a whole lot. Um, I think I started playing it, but then Destiny. Look, you got to understand, after 2014, nobody got no time for that, right? So true, man. Hashtag yeah. real talk. I mean, I'm just 
giving real talk. Yeah. So, Matt, you know, going back to you, you are the person that we're interviewing tonight. And I'm curious to know, how did D1 Alphabet um, create the name? How did so, the name come about? So uh, if we want to get into that, we would have to first go back to 2014. It was a very short window where the invites were coming out. It was only a select few people that were getting invited to the closed alpha. And then I believe two months later or a month later, something like that, we had an open beta that lasted about a month. Uh, and there are a lot of people that like to mention that the that they played D1 Alpha, they would start their sentences with uh, as a D1 Alpha vet, and automatically it would give you a sense that, oh, his opinion is better than mine because he played longer. <laughs> and it's true. We are definitely have, we definitely have a better opinion than you just because we played the D1 Alpha. So in order for me to differentiate myself from these elitist, I made sure to let everyone know that I am a D1 Alpha vet because I'm not an elitist. However, my opinions are more important than yours because I played longer. So that's how that came about. I needed a way to set myself apart from the, the group of people that called themselves quote unquote D1 Alpha vets. Um, those guys, um, you know, they're elitists and they think their opinions are correct. And, you know, it's a damn shame that they would use their status, you know, against us like that, despite it being very objectively correct. Um, but I feel like I represent the D1 Alpha vets. Personally, that uh, use their status as a form of, I guess, letting you know where they stand. Uh, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that you picked an important title because not everybody can be a D1 alpha vet. That, that's a title you have to earn, right? Unfortunately, um, it's, it's not a title that I chose. It was... Um, it was it given, chose you. It chose me. I, it, this franchise needed somebody to, I guess, be correct all the time. We needed somebody to you know, give us not only the equation, but also the answer, you know? And that's why I always ask myself, why me? Why do I have to be the most successful person? And I realized that this community needs somebody like me. It's because 
there's nobody else that would do it better than me. And that's why I'm regarded as one of the greatest of all time. Because who else would do it? Who else would put their lives on the line, their reputation, to make this franchise better by putting your opinions out there in the war zone of PvP Twitter, in the war zones of the YouTube comment sections, in the war zones of uh, of the war zone, you know? So, and I'm very humbled. I'm very humbled. I'm sorry. I'm getting emotional. So it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, you're, you know. you're a really humble guy. And, and now uh, I, I do really want to, I do want to move on to a, a little bit of a more important topic. We had some controversy pretty recently and it stirred a bit of news among a lot of guardians, a lot of communities, and we really have to rec set the record straight. Are you a Titan main? Is that is that true? Who, who the hell you? asked that? Who who said it that? Was, it was tight. It was Austin on Twitter. Austin. Austin uh, on Twitter. Three sixteen. <laughs> well, I don't know who this three sixteen guy is, but I'm gonna tell you right now, buddy. I am not warlock main. Wait, wait. He said Titan. He said I'm not Titan. A, yeah, I'm not a Titan main. All right. I I played Titan a little bit, yeah. I mean, because I needed to, but I'm not a Titan main, you know. This, yeah, I play Warlock frequently because I need to. If I, there's no choice, I don't have a choice. Dude, I don't got a choice here. Someone's, someone's putting me in these positions, and I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't, I'm a peacock. You know what I mean? You know, I feel like people aren't letting me fly. They're not letting me be my hunter main. You know, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. If you can't hunt, handle me at my, at my warlock main, then you can't handle me at my, uh, you don't deserve my hunter main, period. You know, <laughs> I'm telling you all right now, I won't be on my hunter with the way I've been treated. Uh, recently, these accusations. I won't be putting anyone invisible. Nobody in my fire team is going invisible. I'm not, there's no more smoke grenades. There's no more shadow shots. There's no more Omnioculus. There's no more Nighthawk. There's no more, no more perfect jumping puzzle prize. Um, no more all black hunter. Impeccable fashion. No, all you're going to be getting now from me is a warlock. That's a punishment for everybody. That's a punishment for this community for the way they've treated me. So I, I got to ask, how is Clan Redeem going to exist with you making this drastic change? I mean, that, that's, that's pretty crippling to an organization like Clan Redeem. I feel like they'll accept me for who I am. Uh, my identity is not defined by the class that I main, I wield any power, and I could tell you right now, I could be the master of any class. So, uh, do we have too many warlocks in in redeem? I would say so. 
We need more hunters. That's well, my thought. Well, that's too bad because I'm forced to be a, a warlock now. Uh, and I, like I said, that's a punishment for everybody. Um, so, you know, that's just how it is. And it's, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, but everybody forced me to be in this position. I was forced. So now from now on, everyone's going to have to see me as a warlock. And that's the bottom line. And, um, and that's the bottom line, Austin. <laughs> so we have a really serious question from Doc. Thank you, Doc, for your question. When you're not playing Destiny, when you're not grinding out for Clan Redeem, what kind of tacos are you consuming? Al Pastor, Carnitas, or Pollo Sado? And I apologize for my really terrible pronunciation. You know, me personally, I don't, uh, that's all right. The pronunciation is, is good. I don't speak Spanish, so it's, uh, it will be difficult for me to, uh, to pronounce these things. Uh, but mi favorito is pollo asado con salsa roja. Bueno, love that. So we also know that you recently, finally, after almost like threats, you, you finally, you're on Twitch. You, you had calls from Amazon. You had calls from Jeff Bezos threatening you to get onto Twitch, and you finally did it. Tell us about it. So Jeffrey is, uh, first of all, I don't like Jeffrey. Personally, I think he's a little greedy, but I am affiliated with Twitch. Can confirm that. But I recently started streaming on Twitch.tv. And it's been a blast. I've been having a good time with it. Um, I am affiliated with Twitch. You know, I'm not the brag or anything, but I do have a contract. Um, I'm not allowed to talk about the details of the contract. Um, according to their, you know, terms of service or whatever. But, but we all know that it's uh, non-existent. You know, it only benefits them. But uh, yeah, I'm streaming now uh, on Twitch.tv, which is where this podcast, this, this incredible podcast uh, is hosted on. And one of the main things that I know about Twitch is consistency. So everyone can expect me to be streaming very frequently, very consistently, uh, every day bar Mondays and Wednesdays, uh, because those are the days that I spend on uh, the performance center. I like to go back to the drawing board and I like to see a graph of my performance. I like to see where my KD is, how many, you know, how many opponents did I shred? How many opponents bagged me versus how many I killed? I like to take a look at that ratio. Um, I like to have the one-to-one ratio of bags versus kills and I've been doing pretty well so far. I like to keep it even, you know. If I get bagged, I'm going to get a kill every time I do. So that's what I do at the Performance Center when I'm not streaming. But I'm very excited for my streaming career because it is something that I feel best suits me. I think there's a lot of potential with me. 
And I would be very excited to see myself take that really far because I think there's no limits to what I can do, what I can, what the vet can bring to Twitch as a platform. That's really, really awesome that, you know, you're, you're doing that. Now, what kind of gameplay can we expect on your Twitch channel? The best. I would expect nothing less. Now, do you raid? Do you play PvP? Do you play Trials? Are you a Trials guy? I'm retired from Trials. However, you will find that I actually uh, do the most in PvE. I'll dabble in PvP every now and then, just so that I can complain about it later on Twitter.com. But I actually mainly play PvE. I want to use my platform to help other people. Believe it or not, I am a, I'm not bragging or anything, but I'm a humble guy. I want to help people out. You know, I think that having the amount of people that follow me and the audience and the platform that I have, I really think that I have a reach where I can help a lot of people. So me and uh, Mrs. Vet Blossom Ready, we, uh, we helped out with some King's Fall and with the help, of course, of my trusted disciple, uh, Ocean Man, a.k.a. Laker Boy, you know, we uh, helped out a lot doing some King's Fall uh, Sherpas, and I had a great time. We helped out, I think, about 20 people um, getting their first King's Fall clear, and we helped maybe three people get their touch of analysis. Uh, personally, I've gotten touch of Malone a lot, but I put it back in the chest because I didn't want it. I didn't want other people, uh, to, to feel discouraged just because I'm getting all the good loot. So I just always put it back in the chest, let other people reap those rewards. You know, the fruits of my labor is seeing people enjoy themselves. And if I could facilitate giving people the opportunity to play endgame content at ease without fear of being judged or fear of being, you know, made fun of because of, you know, their skill level. And that's great because um, that's the kind of streamer that I want to be. I wanted to entertain. I want to provide a platform that people could come in and have a good time because uh, life is rough, okay? <laughs> it's not... It's not easy, and I think we all owe it to ourselves a little bit to smile and laugh a little bit and uh, and have a good time. And I think that is the main thing that uh, that I want with my gameplay um, and what I want to provide uh, as my gameplay on Twitch. That's really well said, sir. That's a really admirable mission, and we wish you all the best with your Twitch. I know that Glad is really scared right now. I don't blame him. I would be too with uh, Vet on the horizon, and we wish you all the best. And make sure to give Vet some love on Twitch because he's grinding here. He's helping Guardians out. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
in fact, I know Shadow Price is still trying to do his King's Fall. Is, isn't that right? Yeah, I mean, just to get the completion, you know. Just, look, the, just like hear his excitement guy. about it. He's so excited and enthused about it. What a humble guy. Look, <laughs> listen, man, you want Touch of Malone. And a little, a little totem or two or three. It's, it's, a little... it's just hard sometimes to get everybody like, you know, cohesively like on the same page. You know, it's um it it's a work in progress. I mean, I feel like I'm pretty comfortable with that encounter, and I'm pretty comfortable with every encounter in the raid. It's just getting everybody, you know, together on the same page to get it done. I mean, not everybody can be a vet like D1 alphabet. So, you know, you, you can only expect so much, right? Shadow Price, if you want to clear. I would be so happy to join you for a clear as soon as you would like to, man. King's Fall Thanks, is man. one of my, if not my favorite raid of all time. And, and I do have the uh, rose-tinted glasses on. I don't care. It is the greatest raid ever made and then the only raid ever made as far as I'm concerned. Um. Yeah, Luke Smith really led us to the promised land with that one. When he put that grade out. I think it was, uh, I think it was actually, I think Luke was the one that directed the Taken King. Yeah. But I can't remember who it was that, that really nailed the King's fall. Uh, Joe Blackburn, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Ah. I'm really good friends with Joey. He is uh he's a great dude. You know, uh you know, we uh he and I we we shared a couple of drinks and you know, it's crazy how uh the ideas I gave him uh came to fruition when King's Fall came out. I was like, oh, "Awesome." You know. And mm-hmm. I think he did an outstanding job and I think he's he's doing an even better job as a director of the whole game. So, yeah, Joey, I know you're listening to this podcast. Just wanted to give you some love, man. I, uh, you know, I know that sometimes uh, you may feel a little underappreciated, but, but I see you, man. I see you. I know the hard work you're putting in. So, like hey, I said, happy you know, birthday tomorrow. It's practically his birthday, really. Thank you, thank you. Oh, oh, you you meant him. You meant oh, him, him and huh? you. I mean, oh, you, yeah. you both probably share the same birthday, right? We probably do, you know, we, yeah, we probably, we probably even have the same like welcome mat, you know, in front of the front in our front porch and everything, probably. You know, we're, we're, you know, we're both very creative guys, very uh, intellectual. You know, I have a double digit IQ. I don't like to bring this up often, but I did do the test and the results did come in and they're in the double digits and. I really feel like I have so much brain power that I don't know what to do with it. Um, so I'm really glad that I was able to pitch in the Destiny franchise and get it to where it is today. And thank you for your service. I want to make sure to say that. You're welcome. Now, we have a long-term question for you from Jason in the community. What's Vet's long-term passion and goal in the gaming space? So, as hard as this 
is to say, as it will be to hear, I don't want to be tied down to destiny forever. I feel like I'm meant for something bigger. I'm meant for more than just destiny. I feel like the journey that I'm on discovering me as the vet, I feel like it would be a disservice to me and what I can provide to the gaming industry and the uh, the gaming uh, community in general if if I had just stayed in Destiny. I want to branch out and I want to explore other games. Uh, I want to share what I bring to the Destiny community to other uh, other communities. I already know that there are millions of people asking me to do Minecraft or Roblox uh, and whatnot. And uh, why not? Why wouldn't I? Why shouldn't I? Uh, and I think it's a good opportunity. My passions lie within gaming in general. And Destiny is forever. But so is gaming, and I think I want to bring VET over to the general space um, over time, not immediately, because I'm, I'm still having a good time with Destiny, and this is where I am at. This is where I'm at for now, uh, but... Everyone got a little taste of that when I was the Outriders uh, beta vet, or I'm sorry, the Outriders demo vet, uh, and it was a good time. And I feel like I saved the Outriders franchise. And at one point, looking back, I saved the Anthem franchise. You know, um, you know, when I went in to Anthem, I I went in as the Anthem. Uh, beta veteran, and I knew that this game had a lot of work. And thanks to my amazing efforts, look where the game is today. Think about that. Well, thank you for your efforts in Anthem. You, you tried your best. You did everything you could. And then Anthem stays. It's one of the most successful franchises of all time. You know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm going off topic. I just. I like to look back. We, we, we have a question from Tom Goldie. And Tom Goldie is a huge fan, and he wants you to know that. He wants to know that he is your biggest fan. Um, and he really wants to know, is it difficult to be the pillar that stops the Destiny community from crumbling? Well, Timmy, I'll tell you this, man. It's, it's not... It's not the hardest thing in the world, but it is definitely a heavy burden over my shoulders knowing that at any moment, this place could fall apart without me. I saw it when I was on my vacation to Poconos, sipping drinks with umbrellas in them. This franchise, it went all, it all went downhill. And... It broke my heart to see it. 
look how they massacred my boy, I said to myself. A completely original quote that I came up with in my head. Um, and I knew that I had to come back. I had to. When I came back, put everything back in its place. We're still repairing things, but I'm sure you noticed since I've come back, things are getting a little bit, little, little picante, you know? That's uh, something that I think we can all appreciate now that I'm back is that looking back, man, it was rough. Uh, things are getting better. And it's these latter two seasons that are left that are going to be the most exciting as it's going to be leading up to Lightfall. Available now for pre-order. And it is uh, very, very difficult to keep it all together before Lightfall. Because at any moment, everything is going to fall apart. We already know it. All it takes is just one, one content creator to step out of line. And... Uh, and it's going to be a, another kerfuffle. So it's definitely tough, but I appreciate your question, Thomas. Thank you. And as a follow-up, we have a question from Sup. And Sup wants to know, how do you feel about dungeons being sold separately from the season pass? I think that is a, that is a terrible mistake. I think... That is a horrific mistake. I, I would not even be able to even begin to explain how awful of a decision that would be. That should not be a decision made, even in the slightest. Because Bungie is now owned by a multi Billion dollar company, Sony. Not just Sony Interactive Entertainment, Sony. And uh, the amount of revenue that they bring in solely from just Eververse and merchandise and everything relating to the Destiny IP. They have just increased the price of Lightfall. Think about that. To get the seasons and Lightfall together as a whatever edition, it's like what twenty dollars, thirty dollars more. Yeah, we They're talked all... about this like two weeks ago, actually, in the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is more expensive now, and if they were to charge you separately for dungeons, that. It is a very tone-deaf and extremely greedy decision to make, especially in the economy that we're in right now. Because I can tell you right now that Destiny is not suffering. They like to talk about their analytics, and they love every week to am Bungie on the Twitter timeline. They're celebrating. Destiny's doing well. It's doing great, even. Actually, I would say that Destiny's doing better than it ever has. Um, it wouldn't be fair to, to, to charge extra. Um, 
I'm a, a firm believer that I feel like we need to get rid of these, I guess, these expansions, these, these, these things that you pay. It's this one and done type stuff. I think that if money were a true issue, I feel like the best way to charge people for expansions and for seasons is to have a, a, a subscription. And as, as awful as some may find that, some may find that awful, I actually think it's better because I would rather pay $10 a month to have everything than to, um, than to pay, you know, what, $100 uh, or more they're gonna charge us more but if they charge us like what like five dollars a month ten dollars a month or, or whatever it's a lot a lot easier on you financially it is in my opinion better than having to pay a flat 100 dollars for everything i feel like that also benefits destiny a lot more now, obviously, that's a whole other topic that would take up uh, more time than we can afford, but um, but it is worth exploring and talking about um, because if you're going to increase the prices of expansions, if you're going to offer dungeons separately to, for purchase, you might as well just do a monthly subscription so that people could just, you know... Drip feed you the money like they drip drip feed content to us, you know? You know, if Bungie is able to give us more content at a better pace, I'm okay with paying more, but I do think they need to be mindful of the overall community and the maximum that people are able to pay. Because, I mean, I remember there was a time when Dungeons were completely free, right? With uh, the Whisper, they were just special events that were added into the, the season. That's part of the seasonal content. And it almost feels to me like they've been taking away things that were supposed to be part of what we already paid for. And in a way, I'm okay with that, but I do think that there needs to be a healthy balance. Agreed. I think when you take a look at dungeons now, you could look at duality, uh, the worst dungeon ever created, by the way. <clears throat> it's not even a dungeon. I would refuse to play that. Once I get my exotic, it won't be touching that ever again. Thank you and goodbye. But um, <laughs> that's not even worth paying for, in my opinion, because it was not... Not at all what I would pay money for. I, would, I was more likely to pay for a Whisper mission, despite how short it is. You could literally do that mission in less than 10 minutes. But that's, it's not even a dungeon, honestly. But it's, I guess, if you... Take a look at Shattered Throne. I would have paid money for that. 
if you take a look at Bit of Heresy, I would have paid money for that. But what they just came out with, Duality? No. It is riddled with bugs, and it feels more like a chore. Um, feels more like I just paid for Callus's therapy or his trauma or something. Um, and that's what duality felt like to me. So if Bungie does stuff more, more dungeons like that, then they won't be seeing a dime out of my neighbor's credit card again. So you mentioned your neighbor and your neighbor's credit card. Can I can I know why? Oh, oh, it's because it's a lot easier to use his credit card to pay for things rather than my own money. Okay. So you use your neighbor's credit card to buy Destiny. Yes. Okay. And silver. And silver. And silver. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of silver. Oh, yeah, all the silvers. And, uh, you know, on Twitch, you know, people have people have donated to me and, and they've done these things. And it would be so disrespectful to use your money for something like that, to buy silver, you know. So I just used my neighbor's credit card to buy personal items like silver. And Destiny expansions and Destiny merchandise and Destiny collector's editions and uh, trips to uh, Guardian Con and trips to uh, PAX West and East and North and South. That's amazing. And, buy, and buying an engagement ring for my wife and, <laughs> and all. And all those things. That's a pretty good neighbor. Not bad. That's a great. That's a really great neighbor. Wow. That's a great strategy. I'm just amazed. Honestly, it's just better if they don't know. If you, uh, you're going to do the same, you know, just don't tell them. And always, you know. Um, his wife divorced him uh, as a result of this credit card uh, scandal, but I feel like he doesn't really understand the gravity of the situation, how important his money is to me. I mean, is it is it true that you practically funded half of the Eververse store? It's true. I do own most things in the Eververse store, um, especially anything that benefited charity. Um, that I made sure to let him know. Hey, dude, I I know you're going to be upset about three thousand dollars, but five of those to charity because I bought a companion emote or what, what was it a thousand silver so it's like what ten dollars so I feel like he should start learning to appreciate my purchases more well thank you for being so thoughtful and kind I mean I feel like Bungie should probably give you stock of the company by now really that's the first thing that I'm going to do when they hire me I'm going to buy a ton of bungee stock. I mean, I'm surprised they wouldn't want to make you the CMO or something. Well, I'm not sure what that is, but I like the sound of it. So I'm I'm basically a CMO. Yeah. Yeah, You're, you're, you're practically CMO material. Was that chief marketing officer? Something like that. One of those things. They make a lot of money. That's all I know. 
Wow, three-letter abbreviations. Yeah. You make a lot I mean, of money. And that would be nice. So let's go back to Destiny. What is your favorite exotic auto rifle, and why is it Cerebrus Plus One? Thank you for your question, Ryu, on Twitter. I'm really glad that you asked, um, and I'm really glad that I don't have a choice in the matter. So that's what I really liked about that. So Cere- Cerebrus uh, is my favorite auto rifle because it's got two modes. Got a low firing and it's got a normal firing rate. Feel like not a lot of uh, auto rifles do that. You've got trash exotics like Sweet Business that just shoot a bunch of bullets at a high rate. How ridiculous is that? The Cerberus, you can toggle that. And I feel like that's some groundbreaking exotic that people aren't really talking about. They talk about sweet business being meta, but Cerberus is something else. Now, just to remind everybody, I didn't have a choice. That's apparently my favorite uh, exotic auto rifle. So that's what I've been given. And that's my uh, reasoning. That's a good answer. I respect that. And Spirit of Destiny on Twitch, wants to know what is your favorite breakfast? My favorite breakfast in the mornings. Oh, man. I think my wife can answer that question, actually. My favorite breakfast is anything that would my wife would ever bring me. Period. That's probably the right answer right there. <laughs> yes, that is the only answer, actually. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That is the only answer. And Nova Morphine on Twitter wants to know why don't you call anymore? Oh. Probably because That's a good question. Why don't I call anymore? Well, there's a lot of things in life that aren't guaranteed. And that includes a call from the vet. And so, you know, that's life. Sometimes you get a call, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you got someone trying to take your money for uh, car insurance. And, um, yeah, that's about it. No need to be speechless. I know it was an, an impeccable <laughs> answer. I know, um, but I'll, I'll I'll let you have a moment to uh, to take that in. You know me wants to know what is your favorite game and what is your least favorite game. I think I know the answer to that one. Oh, Kennedy, I do like the uh, the question because it gives me an opportunity to talk about. The greatest video game ever created and the only video game created as far as I'm concerned, Destiny. The best video game ever created, Destiny 1 to Taken King. The worst video game ever created, Destiny 2. Now, if we were to go into some alternative reality where Destiny wasn't the only video game ever, 
My favorite video game ever. Would have to be The Last of Us. Part one. My least liked video game ever is uh, Destiny 2 Duality Dungeon. I had to get that. I had to get that out of my system. I dislike it so much that it's got his own category. But my least favorite game. That's a good question. It would have to be the Madden NFL franchise. If I could have a sit down with the EA executives. I'm not even going to continue that sentence because Twitch TOS is very important. <laughs> <laughs> but let's just say that they have ruined an entire uh, genre of video games all in the name of money. And uh, that is my least liked video game because they've got a chokehold on an entire brand and they release the damn same game every week or every year with minimal changes or upgrades when it could literally just be a live service game. If that's what they wanted to do, they could have done that. They don't have to release a $60 version of the same game with just a roster change, but they do it in any way. They do it anyway. And uh, football fans are rejoicing because football comes back. You watch uh, football, it's come back. And that is around the same time that they uh, put those games out on sale. You'll notice Madden NFL 22 on sale right now. And it's going to go back on sale again uh, in January. And then they're going to release Madden NFL 23 or 24, whatever the hell, with the same thing. Nothing changes. And that, I mean, that deserves its own conversation. That's another, that's another day for a different kind of podcast. <laughs> yeah, it kind of sucks because, like, you know, there were better, there were other football games, like, in the past, like the NFL 2K franchise. The greatest um, ever. Yeah. There were some good games in the NFL 2K. Like, NFL 2K5, I remember. I think it was cheaper, way cheaper than Madden at that time. And it, I think it was better than Madden when it came out. So It was. 2K5 yeah. was one of the greatest football games ever made, actually, factually, objectively. Mm -hmm. And Madden, that, that damn Madden guy couldn't take that. He was so jealous that he just, he did something. I don't know what he did, but it is now... The only football game ever. And that sucks. So what about you, Shadow Price? Do you have a favorite and a least favorite game? Oh, did you want to finish your thought, uh, Alpha? Uh, you can just call me Vet, man. It's okay. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a household name. You don't have to worry about that. We're personal friends. You can just call me Vet. Um... <laughs> So, gotcha. um, no, 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 no. I was done. I was done. My, uh, my favorite game is Metal Gear Solid. Because at that time, there was nothing else out there 
like that. The All story the and everything was just awesome. Big Hideo Kojima fan. So least favorite game. Oh man. There, there's man, I have to go like way back for that one. Uh, duality didn't come out that uh that that far back, man. Can I can I say the Leviathan raid? I never liked. I didn't like Leviathan. <laughs> I hated that raid. Actually, why like, is that? I don't just cat, hard mode callous. I think like ruined it for me. Giving the groups of LFG and just being stuck at that encounter for five hours, six hours at a time, the, and like just oh, LFG people not, yeah. LFG can make you hate any raid, period. doesn't matter how great that raid is. And LFG will make you hate it. I promise you, when a Leviathan comes back, hit me up, dude. I will make you love the Leviathan raid like it's no other. Because you're going to be part of a group that is cohesive, communicative, and we will find a way to have a good time, even in the worst moments. I promise you that. That it will not be your least, uh, your least liked raid. Yeah. All right. I will definitely try to take you up on that, and I'll put aside my feelings about it, and hopefully, it'll be a better experience. <laughs> Maybe we can turn that frown upside down. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe Callus could be your best friend. Is that possible? Possible. It's, it's anything's yeah. possible. Right. Yeah. Anything's possible for a Kim Possible. Yeah. So the White Wolf wants to know, can you be his best friend? No. That was easy. Why is Gambit the best game mode? Thanks for your question. You know me. Perfect question, actually. I think it's the greatest question in the world. And I will answer this question. Gambit is the greatest game mode ever created because it is the pinnacle of, of destiny. Think about it. In order to be good at Gambit, you need to show your prowess in both PvE and PvP. You need to bring both to the table. If you suck at one or the other, then you are not going to win a Gambit match, period. doesn't matter how good you are at PvP. If you suck at PvE, good luck. If you suck at PvP, good luck. You need to be good at both. And that is why Gambit is the greatest game mode of all time. Because not only it is, is it so competitive, you know, it's, it's so competitive that, you know, it's a competition to see who's going to last the longest in that game mode. Um, and that's always fun, you know, to compete against friends to see who's uh, going to be the, the least miserable. Um, but I think also it's a game mode that we never saw in Destiny and that we really needed. And did they ruin it? Yes, they absolutely did. But that does not change the fact that it is still the greatest game mode ever. Um, because of those reasons, you got to be good at both. When you're done with trials and you've gotten your thousand flawlesses, what do you do? You go to the next step, Gambit. You've done all the low man raids. You've done solo Oryx. 
You've done solo Atheon. You've done solo Chalice Cup. You've done solo Dulankaru. What do you do next? Gambit. And I'm going to tell you right now, as a Gambit uh, enjoyer, it doesn't get better than that. I would like more maps, though. You know, I feel like we're due for some new maps. Are we not? That sounded very ungrateful. Do you understand? Do you have any idea the sacrifices, the lives that we lost to bring us those two Gambit maps in the last four years? <laughs> it's been five years, and you want more? <clears throat> I mean, maybe. <laughs> just a little. You, you want more Gambit maps than just two in five years? <laughs> I know. So selfish of me. <laughs> but I do think it would be great to have more. I do think that we could have more maps in general, not just in Gambit, but PvP as well. So you're not you're not uh, the only one. I agree it would be great to have uh, more Gambit matches. Unfortunately, I don't want to lose more Bungie employee lives bring us more maps because we all know how difficult it is to design um, even one map every five years. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's so well said. So well said. And, you know, personally, I, I want more Gambit maps, but I want more everything in Destiny. Uh, you want That's a lot of things, I, don't you? I want a lot. I'm, I'm greedy. I want Clan Wars and Destiny. Oh, we so. already have that on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Cord knows what I'm talking about. Uh, yes. Clan mm. Wars. I remember that. I, I remember, remember there was Clan a website. Wars. That was a good time. Mm -hmm. There was a website dedicated to Clan Wars, something like that. I used that. It was a website that you could... Uh, you could submit your clan to compete against other clans. And using the Destiny API, you could uh, do things like, wacky things like, if your clanmates go to Iron Banner and get X amount of kills with Travelers Chosen, you get this many points. And it's all tracked via the API and the uh, the the clans would get badges on their profiles and whatnot. And, and I thought that that was really cool. And I think it shut down about three years ago or something like that. Um, it was heavily advertised uh, with Warmind. Not, I, I wouldn't say heavily, but it was advertised. And that was something that was very unique. Not a lot of people knew about that. But it existed, and it was a lot of fun because I did participate uh, by myself, and I beat so many clans by myself. It was unreal. I mean, I'm not surprised, but but it happened. Wow, so well said, 
So moving on to a slightly different topic. How can you become as good as vet? Thank you for your question, A10 Black Snake. Good question. In order to be great, you, and I know the question is, how can it be as good as the vet? But you can't be because I'm not good. I'm great. So you, you, you're not even in the same category. If you're just trying to be as good, you got to be as great. And in order to be great, you have to remember that you're not the only one around here. Um, you're not the only person that lives on this planet. You got to be considerate of everybody around you. You have to consider that in order to be great, it's not just about being the greatest in the arena. It's not about being the greatest in PvE, PvE, or Gambit, the greatest game mode, by the way. It is about what footprint you leave on this planet and what that means for everybody around you. Did you improve the lives of everybody around you or were you fucking them dry, fucking the soul out of them? And in order to be great, you got to think about other people. You got to put other people first. You got to be hashtag humble. You got to be a humble person. And you have to be the last person that you think about. Otherwise, how can you be good to yourself if you can't be good to other people? And if you ever even want to begin to think about being as great as a vet, you got to start there. Profound words. Spoken like a true vet. Now, is it possible for anyone to be as good as or better than vet? Uh, unfortunately, it is not possible to be better than me. Um, I just don't see any reason why anyone could achieve that level unless I step down from, from my role as the vet. I don't see that happening anytime soon. So I just uh, feel like people shouldn't compete against me. They should compete with me. See, anyone that's ever gone against a vet has always lost 100% of the time, every time, 10% of the time. And why would you want to go up against me when you could have me at your corner? Think about that. Instead of trying to be at my level, create your own category. Be your own greatness. You don't even have to think about being me. Because I'm in my own category. You could call yourself the greatest. And nobody could ever argue that because you made your own category. That's why I call myself the greatest because there's nobody else in my category. <laughs> so since you've never gotten a name wrong, what's mine? And that was a question from, I'm not going to tell you who, because I want you to pick a name for this anonymous person, but then I'll tell the name of this mysterious guardian. Help That's this guardian good, pick a name. A good question. This guy really sounds like a he sounds like a something. Don't you guys agree? Something. Yeah. 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 
He sounds sounds like something. Hmm. I like that. Good name. Something. Um, I would say it would have to be hmm. Larry. Good answer. Awesome. Thank you for your question, Lord Tactico. Appreciate your question there. Let's go. I and knew it was Larry. Yo. Is it Larry? <laughs> knew it. I know Larry. Yeah. I recognize him. I recognize him. Yeah. Yeah. Next question we have is How did it feel being a god? How does it feel? Ratch, thank you exhausting. for your question. It was exhausting. Um, I wouldn't call myself a god. I think that's uh, very, very, it's an arrogant thing to call yourself. When you think about it, anyone that calls themselves a god, they're clearly trying to compensate for something. They're, they're really, you know, feeling the opposite of that. They got to call themselves that. That's why I am a god. But that's besides the point. But, uh, but no, um, I don't know. Uh, that's a tough question. It's like asking, but it's like asking, Hey, how does it feel being a, being toast? You know, I don't know. Toasty. Well said, well said. You're, you're a humble guy. You know, you're, you're still humble. You're a vet, but you're still humble. Trying, trying. That, you know, we ask this. Of every guest on the show, what is next for you? That's a great question. Well, what's next is um, Twitch Takeover. I am proud to announce exclusively here on the Destiny Show, the greatest podcast ever with the greatest of hosts ever. I will be collaborating in the near future with other creators. And I'm looking forward to that. A lot of creators have actually DM'd me asking me, hey, you know, when are we going to play? When are we going to do this or that? And I'm getting through each one of them. And I want to collaborate more with uh, other creators. I want to uh, do more. I want to blow up in a way that I never have before. And I know that I did, but I'm talking about really solidifying myself out there as a creator. I don't think a lot of people uh, see me as a, as a genuine creator, and I want to change that. I want to show people that I am here to create content that you've never seen before. I want to get out there. I want to get serious about Twitch streaming. I want to genuinely and seriously do something with myself. And people look forward to going in on Twitch.tv because they want to relax. They want to have a good time. They want to unwind. I want to make 
my Twitch streams to be a source of entertainment for people from any walk of life, from any, any community. It doesn't matter what video game. I want, whenever somebody goes into my stream, they know they're in for something. There's going to be moments. There's going to be memories. And that starts with collaborating. That starts with exploring, going out of my comfort zone and finding a way to expand, experiment, and excel. So Guardians, we have a few more things to talk about on the show. We have a celebration. We have a birthday coming up. We are on the eve of Destiny. 9-9-2014. And I'm curious, what was your first Destiny moment like? Shadow Price, what would you say? Oh, my first Destiny moment. Are we talking like beta or the day of release? Like the very first time that you played Destiny. Well, I know that people who've listened to this podcast before are going to have heard this story before, but I think we had to wait a week to actually play it. Isn't that right, Cornolio? (laughs) We did not get to play this game on September (laughs) 9th. I'm guilty of it. That was my fault. (laughs) Would you like to explain the story? Would you like me to explain it (laughs) for the people who haven't heard? We miss you. So why don't you explain it? Okay, so... Basically, we both pre-ordered the game. I think we pre-ordered it from the same thing, place. What was it, Kmart or something? And then the thing called Shop Your Way or some, something less of that nature. Well, <clears throat> you didn't get your game. Your game was delayed. And it was delayed like almost a whole week. I got mine like the day of. But because you didn't get it, and we made like a vow that we were going to play this game together because, you know, this was the day that changed the world when Destiny 1 came out, that we would take on this new world together. So I waited a week and we played Call of Duty until you got your copy of Destiny 1. When you got said copy of Destiny 1, then we, I think I read my first memory was Fogoth, like... Well, running around the Cosmodrome, you know, just like, you know, having a good time there. But then Fogoth with green weapons, spending two hours at Fogoth. That was one of my first memories. And I was like, man, this is the game. This is it. That is beautiful. I nearly, nearly shed a tear, man. Remember when yeah. we were playing the beta and we got in early because I think at the time there was something going on between um Destiny and PlayStation or some some company and we got in early. So we got to play the game few days early plus i remember the sunday they opened up the moon and ironically they kind of gave away like half the game right think about it but 
after that, I knew that was the game. I remember playing Crucible on um, what's that big map? First Light. First Light, yeah. And I think I was like instantly hooked. And I think we played Control. And then we played our mm -hmm. first strike. All green weapons took like three hours. <laughs> Felt like <laughs> a raid. Pretty intense. But the feeling of getting that completed, like that just opened up a whole world. And we just kept playing and grinding through. And I remember as we played, we started getting legendaries. And the game started getting more and more fun. And then Vault of Glass came out. And yeah. I think that's when I really knew that Destiny was going to be my home. I didn't know how much I enjoyed getting loot in a video game until I got loot in Destiny. That was just like seeing this, these weapons drop with these different roles and just like how special the weapons were. And like you really got to know that weapon, too. That's why I go by Shadow Price, because that was my weapon. That's what I carried into Vault of Glass at the beginning. So, you know, it, it kind of like had a connection with the weapons like I had never felt had in any other game before that. Destiny did a very good job of giving you a feeling that you've never had before. When you first play Destiny, you feel like you're actually in a world and that was something that Destiny really did really, really well. You couldn't stop playing. Um, you could yeah. not stop. You picked it up the first time and then you just, you couldn't stop. You got that feeling that you never had before. I scratched an itch you never knew you had in the first place. And I guess that would bring me to answering that question. What was my first uh, uh, memory? Um, and I think when I first played Destiny, it was at the, obviously in the D1 Alpha, but there was something, there was one thing that stuck out for me. Uh, the first memory that I have of this game is actually towards the end of when you've done everything in the game that was being offered to you. I remember going into those lost sectors or trying to go into the next area in the Cosmodrone, and I forget the area that was blocked off, but there was a knight in the underground of the Cosmodrone right before, and I think there was some shriekers as well, that they had question marks over them. And you already know, knowing now, you know, when you have question marks, well, you're screwed. <laughs> you're yeah. not gonna, they're immune. And I remember having this feeling bringing people over, bringing my, uh, my close associates and uh, eSport athlete friends over and inviting them over 
and then talking about that forbidden area like there's this place guys you don't want to go there there's like it's really really tough you guys want to make sure that you're very geared up for that and when we got through the campaign what was offered and we got everything that we needed and we got to the max level we all got in a group of three and we somehow had like other people in the instance with us and we went down and we went all right we're gonna fight that freaking night and we lost obviously but um well they lost i didn't i i refused to die uh and you could kill that knight um but we didn't kill them you could kill them there was a way that you could kill that knight but it took a lot of time and a lot of effort but it was that moment in destiny where i had a taste for i guess Going into difficult content, enjoying the difficulty, enjoying a challenge. Destiny brought me a challenge. They said, you can't kill this immune knight. This immune knight is going to mess you up. And I said, bet. And rising above those challenges and that feeling that that erupted in me, was something that Destiny unlocked with me. It was after Destiny, and that feeling that I said to myself, man, I really want, I want to be challenged. And so I would go on to play easier games like Bloodborne, Dark Souls, um, Farming Simulator, you know, for difficult games. Um, a lot easier than Destiny, you know, unfortunately. But they were games that, gave me that feeling um, as I was waiting uh, for, um, I guess, in between expansions, the content droughts, in between the Taken King and Rise of Iron. Those were the games that kept me going, um, trying to chase that feeling that I had back in that, in the, uh, in the underground Cosmodrone area. I remember that time. I remember the loot cave. Because yeah, the RNG the was so too. bad. And I was trying to get my Gallarhorn. And, you know, you got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah, but Gallarhorn is kind of a waste of an exotic slot, though. Really now? Why, why do you say? Yeah, because why would you waste strange coin when you have a superior... Exotic machine gun, the Thunderlord. It's a waste of an exotic slot. Why would you use it on a on a on a heavy weapon on a, on, a, on a rocket launcher of all things? When you've got Thunderlord, the greatest exotic weapon to exist. Now you might say, "You're I know what you're thinking. Oh, you're just bitter because you didn't get Gallahorn that first week." Shut up. That's not true, and don't you dare spread more rumors about me. Um. Gallahorn is a waste of strange coins, and it was and always will be. Actually, I refuse to use Gallahorn in D2 because of the principle. And I think I think you two guys here, we, we should 
stop using Gallahorn because it's not fair. It's not. Well, no, no, that's not not fair. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's 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 uh, it's 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 not good. All right, it's it's uh, it's uh, yeah. You know what? I didn't get Gallahorn in year one of Destiny one, and and Wait, that was didn't fair. drop for you at all. No, it didn't, and that's not fair. Wow. Yeah, and that's not fair. Um. Yeah, I'm bitter, and uh, and I'm done with Galhorn, and that's the bottom line. That's my that's and that's all that's all I got to say about that. Well, I mean, I got six truths before I got Galhorn. Like I would get truth every week in the nightfall, like just truth after truth after truth, and then I finally got Galhorn like five months later. In Crota's end, Great. the greatest lost sector yeah, of all it took time. Me, it took me until halfway into Crota's end, and I got it right before they nerfed that uh, chest down. Yeah, the you, could, you got it in the chest in the stills. I got it in the, in the chest in the stills. It was like really early in the morning. It was the day. Yeah, I remember you calling me, reset. like freaking yeah. out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was pretty happy because I was finally going to have, you know, groups to play with. Before then, I had to use Hunger of Crota. <laughs> and then finally, I had a Gallarhorn so people would actually play the raids with me. How, how great, right? Good times. Um, so that was fun. Now, I'm curious. When did you all get your Gallarhorn? Because I got mine during Crota's end. When did you all get yours? I got mine on Crota, like five months later, when we were doing Crota's End. I think uh, it was like a Valentine's Day or something of 2015. I think that was, Bungie, you know, felt love and wanted to give me the Gallahorn on Valentine's Day, so. Wow. That's a lot of love. Wow. Yeah. I'm loving it. Well, good for you, Shadow Price. Thanks. I didn't. And, and, and that's because I refuse to have it drop for me. Hmm. It did not drop for me, but, but that's because I, that was the decision that I made for myself. Um, yeah, I used the, the, you know, the Curtisant chest and I didn't get Gallagher to drop. But, that, but you know what? That's because I just, I guess I wasn't uh, interested enough. And uh, and Gallahorn, but uh, you know it uh, then became. It got to the point where uh, I eventually got in Rise of Iron, and that was about it. And um, yeah, am I, am I better that it never dropped for me? Yeah, very. Yeah, Zerus stole it like the first week of the Taken King, but it was like the nerfed version of Gallahorn, I believe. Remember that? Yeah. You guys I remember rem that? I remember when they neutered it like it should have been. But yeah. Um, but no, it never dropped for me. Um, I don't consider it when I got it, when I got it from the Zer. 
Again, it's, that I was also, never a drop. And I also don't consider the Galahorn right now the full power of the Galahorn. It only got one. It only has one rocket in the tube. You at least had two rockets in the tube in D1. I thought that you do have two rockets. No, now it's only one. You have to reload it after every one rocket. I believe, I don't know, unless the catalyst gives you two. I, I haven't gotten the catalyst yet, so. The catalyst gives you two. The catalyst gives you two? Okay, well, that's why I don't have two. I don't have the catalyst. I just have one. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, that's something that maybe you should work towards first because I promise you the, uh, the, the catalyst makes the Galhorn really, really fun. Okay, um, so the catalyst gives you the D1 version of the Galhorn. Gotcha. Okay. Basically, yeah, yeah. Nice. Thank you for this clearing is, that up because I was, I was about to, I don't know. You, you know, I'm curious because they've they took an iconic weapon like Gallarhorn, and it was turned into a pre-order bonus for an expansion later on. I think they made like the Iron Gallarhorn, and that was I think during Rise of Iron. Yeah, it was a skin. It was a skin, okay. It was a skin of, of a Gallarhorn. Okay, so, I mean, that's kind of okay. But they turned it into a quest. What do you all think of that? Do you think that Gallarhorn should have been kept as, like, this iconic RNG weapon? Or do you think that it was the right move to put it behind a quest line? I, I'll go ahead, Vet. You can go first. Oh, no, no, no. This is your show, man. Go for it. I want to hear from you. I, I thought, I think RNG, I think it's still RNG, but I think it should have been like, give you better chances. Like if you hadn't gotten it, like, you know, because I mean, you, you still want to have your Gallahorn moment, you know, look how many people lost their shit when they got it. So, you know, I mean, that's everybody, everybody wanted to have that Gallahorn moment. Like, I don't know for me, it wasn't, I didn't. I didn't come. I think you were more excited that I got the Galhorn than I and then me, you know, at that point. But I, I mean, I was excited, but I didn't I don't think I was excited as you were, though. I was pretty stuff. excited about it. It was pretty, pretty hyped up. Yeah. There. And and I will say that, you know, it was a fun weapon. But if there is one that I really miss, it's not a rocket launcher. It's not Galahorn. You know which weapon I really miss? Icebreaker. Icebreaker. I knew yeah. it. <laughs> how'd, how'd you know that? How'd you know that? Because it's one of the few D1 exotics that we haven't gotten. That's that's fair. Why? Why no Icebreaker? I really think that it would just break the game. Think about it. Guess it's all in the name. <laughs> yeah, we don't want another Telesto in our hands. But we already do, actually. <laughs> and that's the Quicksilver. The good old Quicksilver. Available now for pre-order. Uh, but I would like to see uh, Icebreaker back. It would be interesting to see what their take would be on it. Um, you know, seven years, seven, eight years later. I just but, love the sound of that gun. Like when you... Like hit headshots and stuff. Uh, it just, it sounded awesome, that gun. It just had that iconic sound to it. Oh man, yeah. People are saying uh, Pocket Infinity and Bat 
Ing, oh uh, yeah, Invective. Pocket Infinity. I would take that back. That was a fun gun. That was uh-huh. fun. You could troll people yeah. hard in Crucible with that one. So, uh, going with your question, um, should Gallarhorn have stayed as a quest or as a as RNG, or was it okay to bring bring in the the quest or a quest itself? Personally, I believe, and and I hope this I hope to apply this in just not just D one but D two as well. It should have stayed as RNG. I feel like there was a magic to obtaining that for the first time. And that's why I don't agree with quests. I don't agree with quests at all for exotics because it's, yeah, you're guaranteed it after you get the quest and all that. You know, maybe some some weapons can be tied to a quest, but when we're talking about legendary weapons, legendary things like Galahorn, and they brought it back, D2. Out of nowhere, the most iconic exotic in Destiny franchise history, they just, they dropped it, and they pretty much spoiled it. How amazing would it have been if you just randomly had it drop for you in the in the uh dungeon you know but no mm-hmm. they didn't do that there was no magic to that they they guaranteed you the galahorn and yeah that's great it's awesome i guess but i guess it's a little selfish for me but i really wish that they had not said anything at all about galahorn coming back and they just dropped it with the dungeon. I and agree. I, I think that would have been so much more respecting of of the where it the came icon. from. Exactly. Yeah. It was iconic for a reason. And it was because you wanted it so bad. And then suddenly one day you had it and it was the most amazing feeling ever. Um, and now they're just handing it out. And that's what destiny is all about. It's just handouts. And um, I blame, I blame those filthy casuals. Can you believe it? I'm sure you guys can agree that in order to work for exotics, you should be able you should have to run or walk uphill both ways and sacrifice your life and say goodbye to your families in order to obtain anything in this game. That's the only way to play Destiny is to work for it like a full-time job. That's how it definitely was in D1 to get exotics, I felt exactly. like. Exactly. Especially in the vanilla, the vanilla D1. Yeah. I actually had to work for it. You actually had to have a full-time job in Destiny in order to obtain anything you wanted. You had mm-hmm. to have stayed locked in your bedroom for 18 hours a day in order to get anything you wanted. That was the real Destiny experience. And unfortunately, now you don't have to work for things. You just get things. 
And uh, I feel like uh, people are very entitled. You know, I lost my friends and families. I neglected my social life for years. But... Ah, sorry, I'm getting emotional. This is a very emotional moment for me, but continue. I'm sorry. Well, thank you for opening up, being so honest. It's really rare, especially for a vet like you. So um, thank you. I it's agree okay. with him, though. Like, I want to just say something really quick. I agree because I felt like that's when loot was really special. You know, loot was the most special in vanilla D1 by far more than any point ever in the game. Game's history. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, I think for me, the chase of exotics and weapons and destiny, it kind of faded. Part of it was sunsetting. I think sunsetting really was that nail in the coffin for me. That was like, whoa, I put in all this time into getting all this stuff that now it's just doesn't feel special anymore. They took away the fun of collecting and feeling a sense of ownership, that trophy. And now they're changing it for sure, but is it too late for people who have been affected by it? Yeah, I mean, when they sunset Destiny 1, like that... <laughs> that killed a lot of the loot drive like when the game first came out because you didn't we didn't even have random roles when destiny 2 came out and they killed all the weapons that we had um that we had obtained all throughout destiny 1 and the only way we could still use them was play destiny 1 <laughs> until they started making their way back into destiny 2 some of them but it's like we had a feeling of loss, you know, when that happened. So not only did we lose our light, we lost our all our good stuff that we accumulated through the years. And Definitely then we a lost, lot lost again during D2 when they sunset a bunch of the weapons. Yeah. There was a mm. lot of um a lot of a lot of things lost when we transitioned from Destiny 1 to Destiny 2. And it was unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. And now we have handouts like rally banners. Uh, can you believe it? Just giving people ammo? I would rather have heavy ammo since than the rally banners, personally. Since. I would rather have since, in my opinion. You're not a synth, though, are you? I mean, I do like, I do like some synths, you know. Not gonna lie. Synth wave, I would like a little bit of that. Very sussy of you. I remember that. Continue. <laughs> no, I. Yeah, so what, I just, what kind of sense are you looking for? Heavy ammo sense. Okay, heavy. Um, mainly heavy ammo sense. I mean, even special ammo sense. Like, I, I still liked it when you had to take you know, a synth or whatever, you know, now, you know, you can just get special ammo drops everywhere, you know? Um, but it's like, yeah, I like the synth game, you know, like it brought a little bit more challenge to things, 
you know, and um, when you weren't getting ammo to drop for you, you just had a way to finally get some ammo. Other, you know, now we have like perks and things like that to help out in the rally banners. And but I, I still appreciate the sense, I think. I agree. I agree to a point because I don't want to get on vets, you know, bad side. That's kind of important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, my, uh, my opinion is very, very make or break. So. So what's, what is the vets official opinion on heavy and special ammo sense? Uh, I got to ask. Um, I definitely think that it was unnecessary. It was unnecessary because why not have it drop? It felt like it was definitely an interesting um, take on ammo, on the ammo economy. However, it was not, uh, it was not very fun to hold off the entire raid to be like, hold on, I need to pop a heavy, a heavy synth. I need to pop a synth. Give me a second. And the load times between getting into your inventory, it was, uh, it that was, was the, that was the, um, I don't know. It just kind of gave it a little bit more. I don't know what the word is, but, uh, it, it had that special kind of flair to it. You know, I don't, that's, I don't know. That's just my opinion though. Oh, no, no. And, uh, and it's okay to have an incorrect opinion, but, <laughs> um, I think that that it's still a valid opinion because if I were to go back to Destiny 1, I would agree with you because it's true. It was a special flair to it. It felt, all right, let me pop a synth. It was, it was memorable. It was something that you had to work for. You had to work for your heavy ammo. You know, and having that, those synths, you're always guaranteed heavy ammo. But if and we had free. to do the cheese too with the heavy ammo since yeah. too. Yeah. Or the heavy to get the heavy, you know. It was a part of the game as well. It's better now because I feel like we've evolved from that point. And that's that's all the destiny is a, a continued evolution of, of mechanics and ideas. Um and it takes it takes time to to realize it in hindsight that you know man we have it better now than we did back then you know we really do i much prefer the new system now because it it feels modern it feels better than to have ammo be a consumable it doesn't really make sense. And it doesn't really make sense to have heavy ammo just pop out of nowhere out of a dead body, you know? <laughs> so, but that's yeah. the game. That's really well said, Vet. Thank you, I try. And uh, I got to ask for both of you, do you have a favorite Destiny 1 moment for, for you? Vet, what would you say? My favorite moment in Destiny 1 was having, having had the pleasure of experiencing 
Destiny 1 period, I think there's not just one experience. I would say that the experience of experiencing Destiny 1 was a sort of magic that I will never in my life be able to replicate until I have children. And I know my wife is listening to this, so uh, hashtag ad, hashtag sponsored, uh, brought to you by my wife, who I love very much. I love you. Um, now that we have our uh, sponsorship out of the way, um, I definitely don't think that I will ever have a glorious feeling like that Destiny 1 uh, era. It was all in and of itself an experience that you truly did have to be there for. That's true. So true. Yeah. Really gives you a fresh perspective on what's important, right? Exactly. You never know what you have until you lose it. All said. So what about you, Shadow Price? What is your favorite Destiny 1 moment? Uh, you, you, this is going to be a strange answer and probably unexpected from what you think I would say. Um, but, uh, I would say doing the campaign and having Dinklebot with us. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I remember. I liked Dinklebot. I liked Peter Dinklage voicing the ghost. Like I just thought it had a charm uh, like no other. And it just kind of just added to the fun of the game. The music being, being the bombastic, you know, Marty O'Donnell having his influence on the, you know, the score of the game. And just it just like it all kind of came together for me. And I was like, man, I'm really having a good time. I'm really enjoying myself, you know, and being narrated by Dinklebot, you know, it was just it was great. Like that in itself, I would say was my favorite Destiny one moment. It's like getting loot, having Dinklebot by your side. I think somebody's here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Who could it be? Did you say that? I heard... I thought Rather I heard... Like it isn't bolted down. I'll keep an eye out for Fallen. Okay. <laughs> you need to find some higher level gear. And some pants. There we go. You're definitely going to need pants. There we go. There's the guy. Uh, I There's think the Destiny guy. the meme would really appreciate that because she is an appreciator of pants. But uh, that is the OG Dinklebot. And yes, we do miss our OG little ghost. Why do you have uh, Dinklebot hostage in your bedroom? He's in my bedroom. Um, so I decided that I was going to keep Dinklebot for myself because, you know, there can only be one. And honestly, I didn't really trust Bungie with Dinklebot. He, he had to be mine and I acquired him by mysterious means through. I love that agent. mysterious energy that you are. Uh... Yeah. And I can't really tell you exactly how this was acquired because again, 
I cut a deal with an agent. He was an agent of the nine or ten or some some number. And we cut a deal and I, I have Dinklebot. So um he's in the safe place. I want you to know that it, you know, he's okay and that he is still alive in our heart, in our spirits, and in my bedroom. So Yeah, who else could say uh we've woken the hive any better or they're in the walls? I mean Come on. I love it. I love that. And uh, I will happily take Dicklebot from you. And, you know, you really shouldn't have him, you know. But if you insist on me having it, all right, I will have Dinklebot. Um, It's a responsibility that I am ready and prepared to to take. Um, I will make sure to forward you my Performance Center ad address. And seriously. You know, you didn't have to, but I'll happily accept. I will consult with my manager and I will get back to you. I will consult with my manager too then. Okay. And All we, right. we will have an informed conversation and we will get to the bottom of it. After We're going to get to the top of it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So do you both have a favorite expansion in Destiny 1? Taken King, the greatest, the one that did everything right and nothing wrong. I agree. 100%. Like, it really brought the characters to life, I feel like. And, you know, the activities were a lot of fun. You know, King's Fall Raid, amazing. And, you know, it was just, it was a fun time in the game. You know, exploring the Dreadnought mysterious place you know just uh, i thought that was a game changer yeah I, I think the taken king was a really strong expansion my only gripe with that year in destiny and if you both probably remember this we didn't get that much content after the taken king right so that by big content I felt like I wish there was more because at this point, like there really is nothing new and we really needed that. And I think for me, rise of iron really fixed that aspect of the game. Plus I think rise of iron had a stronger raid. I think wrath of the machine was definitely uh, stronger to me Compared to, or not Wrath, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, you're right. That's the Wrath raid. Machine, yeah. Wrath, Wrath, King's Fall, and Fault of Glass are my favorite raids. Like, it's hard to put one over the other because they're all awesome in their own aspects. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like if that expansion did not have Wrath, though, it would have been way weaker <laughs> than, you know, Wrath of the Machine actually made that a decent expansion but king's fall just you know the story was really i mean you know um taken king story was really great it had a great raid and it was just it was fun time but like you said the content drought that whole year of having to do that yeah but other than that you know it was fun it was definitely a really fun time the dreadnought is probably my favorite destination to this date and i'm wondering like why do we not have the Dreadnought back in the game? You know, 
we're almost there. We have King's Fall, right? So I feel like they can probably do a little bit more to give us that full experience, right? Yeah, I mean, we'll eventually get Wrath back. Who who knows if we'll get Crota? Um, it would be nice to get the Dreadnought back. I still want President Prison of Elders, like the full Prison of Elders, because I I I liked Prison of Elders. I don't know what it was about Prison of Elders, but I enjoyed Prison of Elders. We definitely need to get that back. They gave us, they gave us to it. Uh, but it wasn't the same. We need yeah. to get the full thing back. We need to get it. Actually, just give us everything back. How about that? I agree. I agree. Yeah, so, you know, I, I'm torn a little bit between the Taken King and um, Rise of Iron because there were things about Rise of Iron that I really did enjoy, like them bringing back all the raids during that summer. That was pretty cool. Like that gave us a lot to do in the game, and well, I would we got argue, those cool ornaments then. Too. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that was probably some of the most fun that I had in Destiny One during that time, between like March and I want to say like June, July, like the Age of Triumph, right? Oh man, I remember that. So, did any of you? pick up the collector's edition that came with any of the vanilla D1 games between the ghost edition and the Taken King. So I own all collector's editions ever released. I have sealed versions and I have open versions of them. That's um, dedication. Yeah, I have the, the, the sealed versions are harder to obtain with the ghost edition. They're a lot very expensive. Um, you could probably get your hands on sealed versions of the Taken King Collector's Edition. It's even easier to get anything D2 related, but it's the D1 stuff that is a little bit tougher to get your hands on in pristine condition and sealed. So I have both versions, a version in which I have it sealed, but uh, still with a shrink wrap in them, and the versions in which I opened them up for my own uh, enjoyment. Um, I have, uh, I have a, I still, I, most things that I own that is Destiny, I have a, I would, what people would consider a gold mine of Destiny and Bungie, oh, mostly Destiny memorabilia. And, um, most things are still in their shrink wrap. I refuse to open things up. I don't know why, but it's just. Even the Destiny 2 chest set, I, I don't even take that out of the shrink wrap. Um, I own the, the very, 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 um, very rare Aldrin statue, which is like. Oh man, it's a huge statue. Of, uh, I don't even have that out of its own packaging. I don't even have it displayed. I still have it in its original packaging. And even actually in the original box it came with us as Bungie. That's that's awesome. pretty uh pretty dedicated right there. So I managed 
to get an autographed Ghost Edition. Never going to let that go. I think uh, Mr. Smith signed it and a few other people. It was pretty special to me, you know, having Mr. Smith sign my collector's edition and, and Mr. Eric Carter and all these awesome people from from the game. You know, it, it's an honor. Even, isn't Joseph Staten's signature on there, too, somewhere? I believe so. I believe it's in there. There's like 30 names and, and we're not going to name any names besides the ones that we already mentioned. But these are my legends. It's an honor. That is a huge, that's a huge W, man. Hell yeah, congratulations on that. That is awesome. The only thing that I would say that I have that would be even close to that would be the Bungie employee stuff that I have. Um, I own the, the, I guess they call it, there's two versions. There's the, Ghost Holiday Edition and the Ghost Launch Edition. These, there's the, it's these, I guess, metal statues of the ghost, of the generalist shell ghost. It's like silver plated or something like that, or chrome plated or something like that, that only Bungie employees were given on the launch of the Destiny 1. Um, they gave that out. The holiday edition were for employees only in Destiny 1. And the launch edition, I believe, is the ghost that they would only give to executives. I believe only 50 of them were given out. Um, there is also the... They also gave that out um, for the Destiny 2 launch. Um, there were uh, a select few uh, Activision employees uh, who published, who helped publish Destiny 2 that were given the ghost. And I believe most or some Bungie employees got the uh, Holiday Edition ghost as well for the Destiny 2 launch. Um, apart from that, Bungie employees are given... For every season that they help develop, they get a pin or a, a metal uh, token with the symbol of the season that they worked on. They're called, they're, they're, they're magnets, they're token magnets that they would pin on their bungee shield. When a bungee employee gets five years in the company, they're given a bungee, or a, um, a bungee shield where they could uh, put those tokens in. And you've seen, you've probably seen this from Bungie employees when they get their shields. Um, you know, when a Bungie employee is new, they get the noob sword. After five years, they get the shield. And then they get these tokens, these magnets, to represent, you know, what they worked on. I, I had the Forsaken one. The Forsaken token, still in its original packaging. Um, I think I gave that away. And I had the Taken King and the Curse of Osiris one. But um, I'm hoping to get my hands on more of them, but 
it is very rare for an employee to part ways with that because that is a token of their work. So it is, they do, they go all out when they give stuff to their employees. And if you ever wanted anything that was really rare is anything that is given to a bunch of employees, especially something you can get your hands on a bungee shield. That is, oof. I, uh, those things are heavy. I had that. I had the bungee shield and it's, um, I was a collector of basically anything destiny. So it's, I'm not a stranger to anything that is, uh, you know, akin to like an autograph. It is stuff that, uh, I could talk about all day. So many great moments in destiny and like so much cool stuff to enjoy like i think bungie really goes above and beyond for their employees for the community to really make the experience feel special like think about the release night of any major expansion in destiny like you barely sleep i barely sleep anyways i'm ready to go and Half the time, I might be waiting in queue to get into playing, and that's a little frustrating sometimes, although they have gotten a lot better at it. But these are really special times, like going to GameStop at midnight to pick up your copy of the game and getting that physical edition, although I, I miss those times back in the Activision days, right? Yeah, the, we will never have another midnight release type stuff it is that's that's new uh it's a new feeling knowing that we won't be having midnight releases anymore um it is still exciting to have um releases in general expansion releases there the day before is always the most exciting but it was different for those midnight releases when you go to GameStop and just waiting there with a bunch of other uh, buddy dudes, you know? <laughs> that good was times. Good yeah, times. Good, good times, good times. We have one more question for you. And this is kind of important. What are you most proud of? during your time in Destiny 1? Honestly, the proudest that I am from my time in Destiny 1 was, was definitely and it's, it's definitely having done Vault the Glass for the first time um, without any any guides, without anything. We went in there week one, and it was me and a couple of my other eSport buddies, eSport athlete friends, and we tackled that, that freaking raid. So that was... To me, the most exciting. Very cool. 
about for you, uh, Shadow Price? Oh, I love Vault of Glass, but my answer is not from the Vault of Glass, even though I love that raid and I love everything about it. It is very special to me. But I would say my most proudest moment was when I got to be sword bearer for the first time during Crota's End because they were counting on me to get up there and to take his health down. Like, you know, they made it happen and I had to get up there and not screw it up and everything. But I and I did my, you know, my blade dancer. I dropped the sword, hit him so I can go invisible. They, they take him down and pick it up and then do more damage to him and everything. You know, that that was I would say that was my proudest moment because I had to be the one to make it happen. Guardians, we had, we had to say goodbye to our legend vet because he was so awesome for joining us tonight. I'm sorry to keep you all waiting. We're, we're back. No, no vet. He, he had to go. There, there's a line. But we do have a shadow price. Shadow price, are you ready? We have one more thing to talk about tonight. Oh, yeah. Yep. We got our Bungie weekly update. We got the Bungie Bungie. We got the weekly update from Bungie. And this week... Sam is giving us the news, the lowdown from Bungie on all of the things happening. And this week in Destiny, we have a new destination with Season of Plunder. The expedition is now available on Nessus Guardians, so go get that bread. And we have more stuff coming. Shadow Price, you're going to be happy about this one. Trials is coming back next weekend. Who's excited about that? Oh, snap. Yeah, I like Trials. I like playing. Trials is coming back. Um, there are new craftable weapons dropping from other activities. So uh, PSA on that. Bungie updated the perk pool for the Dares of Eternity. Um, a new origin trait called Hot Swap is now available. They also added the ability for the following weapons to be shaped. The BXR-55 Battler, the Wastelander M5, Half Truths, the Other Half, Pardon Our Dust, and Retracted Path are now all available to be shaped for your enjoyment, Guardians. Wait, there's two swords? I don't think I only got one of the swords so far. Oh, okay. Yep. Nope. There's two. Yep. Oh, wow. Cool. Now, one other thing that Bungie wanted us to know is that completing the Dares of Eternity weekly pinnacle challenge will provide a guaranteed Dares of Eternity deep sight weapons once per week. So it's only going to happen once. Now, I'm not sure if it's once per character per week. I think that's what they would mean. That's what I'm thinking, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, that would make more sense. And there yeah. is one exception. The the other half is not. So the other half, which which one of those swords is the other half? Is that the is that the void sword? Because I think I think I have half truths. I think I have that sword, but I don't have. I don't think I have the other half, actually. But it's funny because that's yeah. The like... other half is it was first in introduced during the Bungie's 30th anniversary, and it is the Void. Oh, uh, yeah, Half-Truths is... That's okay. That makes sense. 
like the two together make the energy sword, basically. Aha. Very yeah, easy. it's the energy sword from cool. the 30th anniversary. Yeah, I still have a lot of catching up to do when it comes to that stuff. Um, so so we, we have a couple more things. We have a Destiny 2 Lightfall Collector's Edition. Small PSA on that. Um, the teams at Bungie are very excited about showcasing this new collector's edition for lightfall so if you have not picked it up you can do so by visiting bungiestore.com and pre-ordering today you can pick it up with a game or without and shadow price did you get the bread did you pick up your <laughs> collector's edition um yeah i did actually i did pick it up very cool and are you are you excited about it i i am actually this time i because I, I didn't get last one and i didn't get the one before and i kind of wanted it but money was tight money was tight at the time right now money is not tight you know i'm managing my finances pretty well right now so i just i wanted i i was so excited for lightfall that i just i i, I wanted to have this so and here's what Bungie had to say on the topic of the collector's edition. As we prepare for the arrival of the witness, the Lightfall collector's edition will help guardians understand the minds of our enemies and hope for what's to come. Gain insights from Empress Cadel into Callus's psyche. Study Ikora's notes from Osiris's vision of hope on Neptune, but above all else, get your own Ulka. Ulka. Yeah. It's shiny. It is really shiny. And I don't even know what it's going to look like because I'm going to be honest because, you know, that's how we do it. The last collector's edition, it was cool, but the ghost was kind of plasticky. Right, so I hope that it's not as plasticky because, like, the Beyond Light Collector's Edition, that was very dirty, well-made, right? So I think they could have done a little bit more, right, with the, um, the Witch Queen one. But that being said, it looks really, really cool. And I'm, yeah. I'm really excited. And it looks like there's going to be some lore and... If history repeats itself, then Bungie will be sending out some of these collector's editions early. I got mine like a week and a half before the game was even out. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. We'll see. But I'm excited to get mine and we will definitely post lots of awesome pictures and keep you all posted and um, maybe a little bit more. We'll, we'll see. And we do have a few PSAs from Bungie. They resolved the issue with ornaments. They had a problem with the charged melee and storm trance. And it looks like we have some bad news for PlayStation 5 players. I saw this. 120 hertz is now disabled in the Crucible. 
due to an issue and it will be available in a future update. We Mm. know that it is currently disabled. We'll have to keep an eye out for what's happening with that. And we will let you all know as we find out. Well, I'm going to have to hook up my desk, my PS, my PlayStation tomorrow if we're going to play Destiny 1. Um, So, but I will not be playing on there destiny 2 in the crucible because i like having 120 hertz i have 120 hertz capable tv and i and that would suck not to be able to have that at my disposal yeah no absolutely and besides that we do have a few other psas and you can read more about it by visiting bungie.net and this week's bungie weekly update has all of the lowdown and all the details, we have movies of the week. Congratulations to Freak is Fire for his uh, winning nomination. And of course, we do have artists of the week as well. And congratulations to Logan, Freak Design Co. for your artist of the week feature. And looks like we have another artist. Very small cyborg. And congratulations on your art as well. Really, really cool. Um, and yeah, really, really interesting stuff here. And Guardians, we have come to that time where we get to rate the weekly update in the form of spicy, spicy tuna rolls. And I'm I'm curious, Shadow Price, how would you rate this week's Bungie weekly update? This was a really short one, and there wasn't really much in it. Uh, I hate to be uh, the grader, like, of this grade that I'm about to give it. I don't usually grade this harshly, but I, I think I'm going to have to give it a two, just because, Ooh, Wow. you okay. know, the bad news about PlayStation... That really sucks. <laughs> I mean, it's nice that they told us, but it sucks that it, uh, you know, they can't get 120 hertz mode in the Crucible right now on PS5. That That's not cool. Um, and there's just, I don't know, there's just not a lot of meat on this bone. So, yeah, just two spicy tuna rolls for me. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So I, I think for me, I would probably have to give it a... I would say about 2.5. I'm normally not really harsh on the updates, but it was just, you know, nothing special. Um, I think they could have done a little bit more to feature the birthday of Destiny 1, right? And they did, didn't really do a whole lot. Yeah. I expected them to really do. So that really surprised me. It's that nice surprises that me too. Back, right? Yeah, that, that's really surprising, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe huh. maybe we'll get something tomorrow. We'll see. Um, but nonetheless, really happy that we're getting trials back. Uh it's uh welcoming changes to uh increasing the loot pool for the seasonal content. So that's really good. And other than that, it was very just average. Very, very average. Um, so I would say 2.5 out of 5 spicy tuna rolls 
for Cornholio and Guardians. Wow, we have come to that time. We get to wrap things up for the evening. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for celebrating with us. We are excited to be here with you all tonight. We have to let Vet go. He's really busy. And just having some time with him tonight is just such a blessing. So thank you, Vet, for joining us tonight. For sure, for sure. Uh, before we let you go, I got to ask, where can the Guardians learn more about you and the awesome work that you do in the community? So the, the best places where you could uh, keep in touch and uh, keep up with uh, my content and whatnot is going to be always twitter.com forward slash D1 Alpha Veteran. But I would much prefer if people hang out with me on twitch.tv forward slash D1 Alpha Veteran. I think that I can do a lot more on Twitch than I can on, on Twitter. and. Uh, you know, it's not easy streaming to 20,000 people at once, but um, I'm doing my best. You know, I'm trying. Very cool. Well, Vet, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It was such an honor to have you join us on the show and share your journey. Uh, for and sure. And inspire us with your words of wisdom and stories. Thank you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Vet. Like, I don't think I would have known anybody else to come on to this podcast tonight than than you. Like, you know, with the eighth anniversary of Destiny being tomorrow. I had a great time, and um, this continues to be the best podcast, and uh, I wish you guys nothing but continued success. You guys are awesome, and you deserve a lot more than you got right now. So if you guys haven't been following the Destiny show, I truly recommend that you do. They are they are here to stay, and this is a podcast uh, worth tuning in on because they've got a lot of cool guests. So thank you very much. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's such an honor. Thank you. It means a lot. Coming from you and Vet, we hope you have an amazing, amazing time in Destiny. Get that bread, get Touch of Malice, and we can't wait to play with Vet and have you inspire us and help us through things like King's Fall. So thank you for all you do, and we'll see you starside. Shadow Price, thank you for joining. And before we let you go as well, where can the Guardians learn more about you and what you do? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79. Um, and, well, I'm back on the Destiny Show podcast. So you can find me here on the Destiny Show podcast as well. Very cool. And, Guardians, you can find the Destiny Show podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, and every major platform. You can find us right here twitch.tv slash The Destiny Show every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. And you can also find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash The Destiny Show for Destiny news, 
podcast updates and giveaways. And Guardians, thank you so, so much for joining us tonight on the Destiny Show podcast. We hope you have an awesome, awesome week. We hope you get that bread. We hope you get Touch of Malice if you haven't already. And we hope you celebrate Destiny 1 tomorrow. And we will see you, Starside. Good night, Guardians. Bye-bye. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.